You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for spending two hours with us here on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Jason Kern. Father, you are the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, one of our many awesome priests. We just spoke with a couple other fantastic priests, the Practical Rambling Fathers, uh, Father Brian Mulligan and Father Tay, about their podcast. So tune into that. Really great stuff about prayer. And uh, we have yet another father to honor here in this segment. In fact, it's now time for this week's Honor Our Fathers segment. We have many great priests who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. So we want to honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business. Let us know who you'd like to honor, and each week we'll draw a name, share who the winner is, and find out why that particular priest was nominated by one or more of our listeners. So this week, we have the great privilege to honor Father James Bissonette from St. James and St. Elizabeth Catholic Church in Duluth, Minnesota. Now, I know a ton of beautiful Duluth priests. They, those guys are awesome. And so for Father Bissonette to be honored is a great sign of his service to the church. Father Jim has served as a priest in the Diocese of Duluth for 32 years. Wow. He served at St. Raphael in Duluth and St. Rose in Proctor since 2018. He served as the Dassin Vicar General for many years. He's a canon lawyer, and he served twice as the Dassin Administrator. Eleven years ago, when Bishop Dennis Schnur was named or was became the Archbishop of Cincinnati, and then again now this past year, following the death of the beloved Bishop Paul Serba on December first, twenty nineteen. Father Jim has had a tough year, grieving the loss of his friend Bishop Paul, and again lately for his friend and mentor Father Richard Partica. Throughout this, Father Jim has prudently led the diocese through the grief we have felt for Bishop Serba and through all the complications and grief of the pandemic. He is patiently awaiting the nomination of their next bishop, and that's been much anticipated. He works very hard in this in his parishes and in the diocese and manages to keep a, a great sense of humor. He's kind to families, he's patient with children, he's friendly with the congregation, knowledgeable in his catechesis, and compassionate to everyone going through the highs and lows of life. Father Jim is faithful and hardworking. We can tell he is striving and encouraging us to strive for the Lord and for heaven. God is clearly the center of his life. Uh, this person who's writing this says they work at the parish level as a music coordinator and the Dassin level, one of the department secretaries for Father Jim. And their co-workers and family are all grateful for the way Father Jim leads and pastors the small flocks and the whole flock of the diocese. We thank God for Father Jim. What a beautiful testimony and statement uh, from the author there, uh, talking about Father James Bissonette from the Diocese of Duluth, and who will be honored with some donuts. How about that? Uh, very deserving priest, Father Bissonette, uh, having especially lately served a couple of stints as the uh, diocese administrator, as they're awaiting the uh, n- the naming of their new bishop. Um, ever since the, the death of Bishop Paul Serba, um, it's been a difficult year for the, for the people of the Diocese of Duluth. It has, yeah. And, they, you know, they had an interim bishop named, and then that ended up falling through where he resigned his, res- his, his uh, acceptance of that nomination. 
from Pope Francis. And so it's been a difficult time for them to kind of juggle that. And Father James has had to step in and, and, and lead that that whole diocese. And it sounds like including parishes at the same time. And so that's a huge um, partaking, a huge undertaking for anyone. And for a man who served so faithfully for the diocese, um, what a blessing it is to be able to honor him today. And I... I'm, 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 I'm sure he was at the funeral last year for Bishop Serba. I was blessed to be able to be there as well. And that place was jam-packed, uh, and, uh, and rightly so. And Bishop Serba, he was uh, an, an amazing man. Uh, he was my floor dean in seminary wow. for a year and uh, got to know him very well. A uh, man of uh, true humility and joy. And to, be, to have to follow in, basically in his footsteps in leading a diocese as an administrator, um, that's, that's a tall order you know, for anybody. Uh, but it sounds like Father Bissonnette is, has been up to the challenge and has been doing a great job in being named yet again to that, that role as a diocesan administrator. So congratulations to Father Bissonnette. You're getting a dozen donuts. What better way to celebrate during the octave of Christmas, right? That's right. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Jason Kern. And we're broadcasting from the church rectory here at St. Edward's in Austin, Minnesota. We're waiting for, patiently waiting for the snow to come. At least my kids are. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they've been wanting to sled. Yeah, more snow tomorrow, right? Yes. And uh, they, uh, they've been able to do a little bit of sledding. But, um, you know, we moved back up here from Omaha a couple of years ago. And, and they're like... <laughs> A couple of, a few days ago, they're like, they were talking to their friends, and they were saying that they had snow in Omaha, there's snow in Des Moines, but there was no snow up here. I'm like, why did why did we move up back up north if there's, if there's not going to be any snow? I said, you know, just be patient. When it comes, it will stay. <laughs> you know, and I, uh, I I love that because so many people were like, oh, we need a white Christmas, and so we have your kids, we have others to blame who are begging for this white Christmas because we got it. It, yes. it was a blizzard on what was that, the twenty third? That I it think ended so. Up? end up being a blizzard and uh, whiteout conditions through much of our area. So the Lord blesses us in mysterious ways. Sometimes it's by the, the prayers of children for snowfall. Uh, other times it's through much bigger realities. And so um, it's a blessing to be able to kind of be here today and to talk about, you know, like Father Jim, who has served so faithfully, so many people who live the faith out in their lives. What was your Christmas like this year, uh, Matt? How did you spend Christmas uh, with your family? Well, I ventured over. We, we went over to my parents' place over in Wisconsin, and we had a, a great time for a couple days there. Uh, but that also meant uh, in our situation that we had to leave most of the presents behind and wait to see when we got back whether Santa came or not. <laughs> and, of course, he did. Good. And, uh, but on the way back last night, I was kind of kidding my, my kids, my children, about how, oh, you know, we're, it's so late. I don't know if we're going to have uh, the energy to open up presents when we get back. And, of course, they were just having none of that. Right. Uh, but we had a great time with my, my, my parents over in Wisconsin and well, I went to Mass over there. My dad, he's, he's a deacon. Uh, he's a permanent deacon over there, and so he preached the homily for the Feast of the Holy Family and uh, did a great job there. And uh, he told a, t a couple of really great stories uh, about uh, just the value of family life, of being able to rest in that and not feel like you have to be constantly at work or working uh, or, or doing something outside of just being present to your family. 
I love that. You know, it's one of the temptations of our society today is to think we've got to fill our schedules with stuff. You know, whether it's in, in Christmas time is always that we've got projects, we've got things that we want to do or accomplish. And all of that's good. We should, you know, value work. We should value getting things done and achieving goals and, you know, meeting responsibilities, all that is necessary. But there's a temptation to, to a certain workaholism in our culture, a society of work, where we, we don't know how to rest, actually, right? And we might rest by watching TV, vegging out, not doing anything, but it's not always life-giving. It's not always nurturing the soul. And that's a temptation. So to be able to kind of, you know, speak into that from in, in the midst of family, right? Like there's lots of busyness, lots of hectic uh, times. Uh, and so whether we have children around or not in our homes, uh, we have to find ways to rest, which is true to what we need in order to, to let go, let go of grasping at control, let go of grasping at kind of trying to have everything understood or figured out. Uh, so he was able to preach into that a little bit and kind of tie some of that together. He was. And uh, and then uh, we made the decision to stay another night over there. I think maybe his homily influenced <laughs> that a little bit. And then we were rewarded with an outing yesterday afternoon squirrel hunting. Wow. And we didn't see any. Oh. You know, like, I think the squirrels knew that the snow was coming. <laughs> I think they just, they were just hiding. Burrowed in, yeah. But uh, we had uh, some good quality family time over there. Um, and hopefully next time we'll get, we'll get Mr. Bushytail. Nice. But uh, yeah, it was funny. The, the homily that he gave highlighted his early days when he was a dentist. Hmm. And he had this little five-year-old boy in the chair. And he was explaining to this young boy the importance of brushing your teeth and flossing and all of this. And really stuff that maybe your average kid might not find all that exciting. And he interrupted my dad at one point, apparently, and he said, you know, as a five-year-old would, and he said, Dr. Wilcom, can I ask you a question? And he said, Okay. Do you, do you really enjoy this? <laughs> and it was a Honesty. story, you know, speaking into that reality of, you know, working versus spending time with your family. And he said, well, I, I'd rather be fishing. But yes, I, I, I do enjoy what I do. Um, and so there's the dignity in work, um, but the recognition that uh, we, we can't be constantly uh, working all the time at um, just, yeah, I think there was another story that he, uh, I think it was Betty Ford, she was giving a commencement speech to some women at a college, a women's college, and she was congratulating them on their academic achievements and their, their budding careers that they would soon be embarking on. But she said to them, when you look back at the end of your life, you'll never, you'll never regret not spending more time at the office but you will regret spending, not spending as much time with your family. Yeah, and just to put that, put things in perspective. That Amen. Way. Yeah, it's so important this time of year to try to find ways, even if it ends up being via Zoom or some other means. You know, with with people with the the COVID realities that people feel. Uh, sensitive about we have to find ways to bridge that gap and to continue to value the importance of relationships the importance of being together as much as possible and to fight for that you know to not let fear drive us away from each other but to to overcome it whether even if it's as simple as writing letters or getting uh, children to write letters to their grandparents anything could go a long way uh, to bridging that gap and, and to value family life, to value the goodness of relationships and friendships that are so important uh, to who we are as persons. We live, we are social creatures. We live in relationship with others. And uh, the Christmas reminds us not only that 
that's how God came, right? He came into a family. He came into these circumstances in our world to be in relationship with other humans. And, and that's what he calls us to as well, to be in relationship with him. It's, it's meant to be something much more than just kind of a, you know, a, a, a spiritual reality. It's meant to be a, a very concrete human uh, circumstance and, and, and encounter. So we have to bridge that gap for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we'll maybe on the other side here, we'll talk a little bit about this in highlighting what Pope Francis just did mm. in marking uh, the fifth anniversary of his encyclical Amoris Laetitia, The Joy of Love, with a year dedicated to the family. Maybe we'll dive into that a little bit on the other side. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Jason Kern. We're coming to you from the church rectory here at the uh, Church of St. Edward in Austin, Minnesota. And don't go anywhere. There's more to come. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother. Jesus' mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother? Then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her Son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my Son. Come to Jesus Christ. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for being here on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Jason Kern. We've been talking a little bit about the Feast of the Holy Family, which we just celebrated yesterday. Now today, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. But earlier this month, Father Kern, on December 8th specifically, 
Pope Francis declared a year dedicated to St. Joseph. And I was so excited, so pumped. I got my consecration book ordered. It's here. Nice. I'm ready to go. Uh, and, uh, and now, like a couple weeks later, <laughs> our Holy Father, Pope Francis, completely blows my mind in declaring yet another year <laughs> dedicated this time to the family. And this is uh, the, uh, in, in uh, commemoration of the fifth anniversary of his apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia, otherwise known as the joy of love. And so uh, the importance of the family, he's really wanting to drill down on this. But it's just completely blown my mind. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> you know, I, I'm with you in the, the excitement about the year of St. Joseph in that I was already doing the consecration. Uh, the, there's a new book that's the, the prep day of the preparation for uh, consecration to St. Joseph that's been very popular by Father Don Galloway. And, uh, and so I'm on day 27 right now. How are you? Yeah, I just did it this morning, prayed my preparation day. I'm ready for, uh, to, to consecrate myself and coming up on the Feast of the Holy Family. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, on the holy name of Jesus, uh, coming up this next week, January 3rd, I think it is. So, But the reality of this, now having another year dedicated to the family, you're right, it shows how much Pope Francis wants to, to really point us to something that's really, uh, really consequential. And that is, you know, like I think about Fatima, where uh, the last missionary said that the last battle uh, will wage between marriage and the family. Mm. You know, that Satan's last real giant attack against humanity will come against marriage and the family. And so we see that reality so much at stake in today's society, today's culture, that we are battling uh, a war for the good of the family, the good of marriage, the good of family life, uh, as we understand it and, and as we know it. And the church has always been a staunch defender of that. And so Pope Francis, rather than sort of taking a defensive approach or kind of constantly railing against what society he's doing out there he's taking a, a very proactive approach of emphasizing the good of family life the good of, uh, of saint joseph as a spiritual father the need for masculine fathers who can be men for their f- households and to represent uh, the truth of, of being god the father for the family right to be an image of god the father an icon if you will of, of how god loves and albeit imperfectly in our case as men we're called to be spiritual fathers and in your case a physical father where you love uh, your offspring right I think Pope Francis is he's going along with a theme that has been prominent with previous popes as well I'm thinking specifically of John Paul II who said in his apostolic letter Tertio Millennio that the future of humanity passes by way of the family hmm. and that it's makes such sense here you, you see what has happened this year so much fear in our culture over this virus and I don't want to play down anyone's legitimate concern over it. However, I think we've seen just how fearful people can be when they're faced with death, when they haven't been formed in, in, in the ways of the Lord, when they are not uh, exercising fear of the Lord over the fears that so often can grip us in this world and recognizing that this world isn't our ultimate home. Uh, that's what fathers should lead their children to fearlessly embrace the fact that no matter what happens in this life, God loves me. And he, in his providential care for me, he knows what is going to happen. He has already, he's already provided for that, a way, a way out. 
Amen. And in society, you know, fathers have always been that. They've all, almost always been able to do it simply through their presence and through just being who they are, right? By being a dad, by being a father, you witness and, and then working, caring for the good of the household, uh, constantly witnessing to them of your stability, your willingness to kind of sacrifice for the greater good, to show them that life is more important than possessions or earthly things, uh, more important than getting the new possessions or uh, uh you know, like a new boat I'm thinking about, right. Right? like things like that. We're always trying to get the next big thing. Fathers show that, no, our, our priority is around being together, about loving each other, about being in communion with each other. And that witness has always borne fruit. And I think we're getting to an age where we need even more than that, right? We don't have that in many cases, but we actually need fathers who will talk to their children about the importance of faith, about the importance of eternal life, living for God and keeping the main priority, the main priority and pointing them beyond this world because because we realize that so much of this world is going to try to grasp at you, going to try to take you away. And so whether it's in fear or whether it's in, you know, kind of pleasure and seeking out earthly realities, we fathers are the ones who have to call them back to what's truly essential. And, and moms do that too, of course. But there's just a particular way that dads, that fathers really represent and witness to this. Because as they work in the world, they also point them to a world beyond this one. Right. I... Uh I, I, you're, you are right that mothers do this as well, but there's a very specific way in which fathers right, radiate that, that fatherhood of God, um, the, the, the initiator, the, the pursuer. And, and so we're also called to, to initiate and pursue not only with our wives, but relationships with our children. Uh, they hunger for that. They, they yearn for that. And they need that constant reminder of who they are, in, not only in my eyes as their father, but but it, it gives them that reassurance ultimately that I'm loved by God the Father and he's not somebody who just sits back and lets things happen and, and, and waits for bad stuff to occur. Right. He's, he's protector. He is initiating. He's the one who uh, has provided for us even, even, when, even before we realize that we need it. Yeah, that's a beautiful insight. And I think about the reality of like there is no... There's no relationship in our lives that can give us more of who we are than a father coming to us and affirming us in the truth of our being, right? When he comes and says, you know, I love you always. I'm there for you always. When a father comes to us and says, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Dads mean business. <laughs> and, they, and they want to share um, what, the, what they've come to know and understand with, with their children. And so a passive father in some sense, becomes a, a missing father in today's society because there's so many voices, there's so many narratives that can get into the minds and hearts of children that fathers have to continue to speak the truth in love. They have to continue to hold firm the line at times and challenge their children to greater things. And, and so we see that need so desperate in today's society. So it's so fitting for Pope Francis to call the year of St. Joseph and now the year of, uh, of the family that will start in March to have both these years kind of overlapping each other, it will be a very powerful time for the church uh, throughout the world. Yeah, and when he, uh, in his Angelus address uh, just yesterday, December 27th, the Holy Father said, today's feast, that is of the Holy Family, reminds us of the, of the example of evangelizing with the family, proposing to us once again the, idea, the ideal of conjugal and family love as underlined in the apostolic exhortation, again, Amoris Laetitia, promulgated five years ago, this coming March 19th. And so he says it'll be an opportunity to focus more closely on the contents of the document, 
It's a long document. You got it's it's arduous. It's uh, <laughs> one of the longer documents in yeah. papal history. But he says these reflections will be made available to ecclesial communities and families to accompany them on their journey. And there's actually been a website established for this. It's www.laityfamilylife.va. Laityfamilylife.va. It's dedicated to this year of uh, the family. Dedicated to the family. It's going to begin March 19th. Again, the Feast of (laughs) St. Joseph. Joseph, And it'll end on the 26th of June of 2022. Um, and I don't think any, I'm pretty sure no pandemic is going to change those dates. Yeah, the, you so can't push those probably. You can be assured <laughs> that uh, that's one of the great things about, you know, the spiritual life is that ultimately nothing. Right. Saints feast days remain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nothing gets canceled, truly. Yeah. You know, it strikes me of just the beauty of family life and the need for our emphasis of it and Pope Francis recognizing that. Amoris Laetitia is a document that isn't without controversy. You know, it had its own of course. controversies with uh, communion for the divorce and remarried as well as, um, you know, just kind of the circumstances of how do we accompany those in LGBT situations. And so it, it, it'll be, it'll, it'll stir up a lot of dialogue in the church. But the reality is, is the document's much broader than that. And it wants to emphasize the importance of really loving and supporting each other. And family life is the primary means where we really need to reestablish the domestic church, the local church uh, of the household, where God can really teach love, teach forgiveness, uh, teach reconciliation, and the ability to continue to grow and mature and develop. Uh, well, that's, that's just an analogy for the spiritual life as well, right? So family life becomes the very model by which the whole church must grow by investing intentionally in each other, loving one another, supporting each other through good times and bad, through our weaknesses and failures, also through our joys and triumphs. And family life really brings that forward. So it's an opportunity for us that we, I think as a church, really need to capitalize on and really need to find a way to help bring this to the local level, the parish level, because it's one thing for Pope Francis to say it from Rome. It's another for us as pastors, as parishioners, to live this out in a more local way. There's a specific phrase within Amoris Laetitia where the Holy Father, Pope Francis, talks about the church being a family of families. Mm. And I think we've, haven't we seen that this past year, the importance of that domestic church yeah. in these times when we weren't even able to go to Mass uh, yeah. for a few weeks. It just wasn't available uh, as we didn't really have all, all the information about this virus. But uh, the, the importance of the domestic church has really been, been uh, brought home to us and I think maybe to the Holy Father, too. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then realizing, well, maybe we should declare a year dedicated to the family. I think so. it's a beautiful gift. So we'll see what, what, uh, what we can come up with as a church uh, to really emphasize this and promote it in the wider, wider realities. Yeah, the, uh, the objectives are to spread the content of the apostolic ex- exhortation, to announce that the sacrament of marriage is a gift, to make families the protagonists of family ministry, to make young people more aware of the importance of formation in the truth of love and the gift of self with initiatives dedicated to them. And then finally, to broaden the gaze and action of family ministry so that uh, it includes spouses, children, young people, the elderly, and situations of family fragility. Interesting. So those are the objectives of this year dedicated to the family coming up beginning March 19th. So look for that in your bulletin.
coming up. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be way more information coming forward, no doubt. That's uh, what a gift. Up next, the rest of the world is moving on, but for Catholics, Christmas isn't not over yet. We'll discuss this next on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 